Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline has continued to be your best source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started. So head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to join and use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can <laughs> see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Oh! Shasho Kogi! May the force be with you! Whoa, my goodness, Carl Anthony Towns! He is not human! He is catastrophic! Hello and welcome back to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke, sitting across from Doug West. We're going to recap game one and then look ahead to game two. So, Doug, how are you doing? And give me your thoughts on game one. Well, first, I'm doing um, great. Um, Some crazy weather outside today, but, you know, it it is what it is. Uh, It didn't snow, did it? It snowed for us yesterday. It didn't snow here. It's raining, but I just got a text from someone who said it's snowing like three hours away from here. So it's 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 crazy. Um, um, but the game. Wow. What a game. Um, you know, first and foremost, you know, we had that discussion last week that I didn't think the pace would be up. You know, it was going to be, you know, a, a, a hard fought half court game. And now I'm looking at the game and it's 41 to 33 after the first quarter. And you're saying to yourself, well, okay, these teams, they, they, they came to play with pace. You know, you go with Ant with 12 in the first quarter and, and Carl with 13 in the first quarter. Uh, John Morant, 15 for Memphis, um, you know, came out, out of the gates fast. Um, you know, both teams, very, very uh, good first quarter teams um, played with pace. Um, you know, second quarter. You know, the game kind of kind of took a took a life of its own. Uh, you know, Memphis went on a run, was able to get back um, into the game, tie the game, um, you know, actually had to lead for a little bit there. Um, you know, third quarter, you know, another another hard fought, hard, hard fought quarter, um, you know, back and forth. Uh, you know, you know, Anthony Ant is playing out of his mind, um, you know, can't believe that, you know, it's his first playoff experience. I mean, he's just, I mean, step backs, uh, getting to the hole, dunks, finishing at the basket, pick and rolls, finding his spots. Um, very, very aggressive, aggressive game for him. Um, you know, Beasley off the bench, uh, you know, big, big bucket after big bucket. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, you know, game got tight there for a minute, but they were just able to will their way, will their way to a victory, um, you know, execute down the stretch. Big play by Pat Beverly there at the end, diving on that ball, getting getting possession of that ball. And I, I just felt I felt like the team just played loose um, house money, as they say, nothing to yeah. really lose. Yeah, they for sure were playing with with house money. The, I want to talk about what you mentioned with Anthony Edwards. He just. 
I mean, I caught myself many times in the game. He's like in cover or he's covered, does a little move, doesn't create a lot of space, fade away mid range. And I'm just like, it's a bad shot. And it goes in. I'm like, <laughs> still a bad shot, but he, he made a lot of tough shots and that's what star players do in the playoffs. And, uh, it was fantastic to see because the wolves needed him to do that. And if they can get that more times than they don't, they got something really special in that kid, especially when it comes to like big games. We talked about after the playing game, we're like, maybe he's just built for big games. <laughs> game one is just more evidence and we're going to have to see as the series goes on, but there's for sure more evidence that game one um, and the playing game have brought to us that Anthony Edwards, like might just be the real deal when it comes to big time moments. Yeah. Well, you said something that, that really struck with me right there. Um, big time players make tough shots. Um, you know, certain players can just make tough shots and, you know, he's able to make tough shots. He's able to make open shots. He's able to get to the brim. He's able to uh, make his free throws. Um, he's playing very well defensively. I mean, you know, they had situations. We, we saw Patrick on jaw. We saw um, McDaniels on him. And at the end, fourth quarter, we saw Ant on him a lot. Uh, you know, so he was he was using his body. You know, they were they were showing him different different things. But as far as him creating shots for himself and for his teammates, He's taking it. He keeps taking his game to another level. Yeah. And he got six assists too. So he's not just dominating the ball. I mean, he, it seemed like in the regular season when he would get hot, it'd get to the point where he's like, okay, I'm going to take some wild shot and just, you know, see if it goes in just a quick heat check. He didn't really have any heat check moments in the game. It was very within himself, very within the offense, just like total domination, not taking, I mean, he took some tough shots and maybe weren't good shots, but they weren't like, insane like 19 seconds left on the shot clock let me pull up from 35 feet it was like <laughs> i worked to get to the mid-range then i took a tougher shot and he made a lot of them so i just i thought he played a fantastic game just an overall fantastic game yeah i i agree i mean i thought he played a fantastic game on both sides of the court um and then you know he gets going um cat cat was rolling i mean cat was rolling from the from the first quarter you know aggressive, aggressive cat. You know, that's the, the guy we want to see. He's coming out in the first quarter, trying to do a lot of work. Um, you made a comment last week um, about the matchups and Steven Adams was, uh, he was, <laughs> he was on skates the whole game. Yeah. Um, you know, he was, he was moving. He was uh, trying to defend cat, but the cat was, was focused. Now he has to watch himself with his antics, with the officials, leave the officials yeah. alone. Let them wasn't alone. I didn't think it was terrible, but there was for sure a few instances where it was like, okay, we just, that's unnecessary. You know, he thought right. he drew some contact and it didn't get overboard. So many times it's gotten overboard where it's right. turned into him fouling because he's mm -hmm. frustrated. And that part we didn't see, which is, I guess, some sort of growth where he didn't, I mean, he didn't even have a single foul committed in the first half, which is huge because the Wolves needed him. Pretty much all game because Nas Reed had a stinker of a game too. So Cat had to play, I mean, almost 43 minutes. And I thought it was really good defensively how he played. Um, but yeah, you still don't want the complaining because you still want him to get the calls. He wasn't going to the free throw line a lot. He only shot five free throws. So he's still not getting the calls that, I mean, he and maybe even others think he deserves. 
but at the same time, he's got to clean up the the talking and then just hope that if he keeps playing hard, that the foul calls will come. And if they don't, he's going to keep playing because really complain is not going to do do much for it. Yeah, because, I mean, as coaches, we know the refs aren't changing a call. No. <laughs> now you do have that opportunity in the NBA nowadays with the, with the, uh, we go look at it for, for, for 10 minutes. So I can go get something out of the refrigerator. Right. Um, you know, but they're not going to change the calls most of the time. And, you know, they were just playing so well as a team, you know, just, just let that, let that go. I tell you, I tell you what I did notice also um, the defense, the way he was impacting those ball screens, they were really co- trying to corral um, Morant, um, well, Morant, Bain, um, they, yeah. they, they're all driving. The, I mean, they're all driving the basketball, um, you know, but I thought we, they did a really good job corralling them second, third, fourth quarter. I mean, the first quarter, it seemed like they got to the got to the basket a lot. But as, as the game went on, I thought the defense became more locked in and became more solid. Yeah, I thought that it, it seemed pretty clear to me, especially like you said, second, third and fourth quarter. The goal, I mean, the goal right away was the high wall to try to mm-hmm. limit it. But John Morant did a really good job of splitting that one because he's crafty with his dribble moves too, because he's just so thin that he can get through a really small space. But I think the wolves did a really good job of just, they kind of just played boxes and elbows defense through right. as many bodies at jaw as they could and just challenged other people to knock down shots. And for the most part, it worked. I mean, jaw went to the line 20 times. Yes, yes. Too much fouling, but at the same time, he never, even the shots he made around the rim, he never got an easy look. He yes. There was always two or three guys around him, and they really just dared other people to try to, to try to beat him, and I guess in their defense, it worked. I mean, they won the game. Ja got his. He had 32 points, and he had eight assists, so he found some people, but guys like Jaron Jackson didn't hit his threes. He was 0 for 5. Desmond Bain was 3 for 8, so that's maybe a little bit below his average. You probably expect him to make four of them. Um, and Dylan Brooks shot better than he typically does. He made three of his four, but then it's just there. I mean, nobody else was hitting open shots. De'Anthony Melton couldn't hit anything. Zaire Williams didn't hit anything. Um, so the Wolves plan worked. I'm interested to see how much that would work if it's the same plan going forward in Tuesday's game, if they can challenge those other guys to beat them again and throw as many bodies at Jaw as they can. Yeah, well, I, I see. I mean, there's definitely going to be some adjustments both ways. Um, you know, I think, you know, one of the things you said earlier was Cat uh, not getting into foul trouble. Um, hopefully the next set of officials, you know, allows the game to be played like that because, I mean, there were some situations in there that could have been, that could have gone either way. And Jaw, um, he ended up picking himself up off the ground a lot um, during that game. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how how the next how the next uh, game goes, how it's called, because eventually the players have to adjust to the way the officials are calling it. And, you know, you, you're able to play play that way. So it, it'll be really interesting to see. And hopefully Cat's um, not in foul trouble. Yeah. And I think to your point about the foul thing. The Wolves went to the line far less than the Grizzlies did. And I don't necessarily think it was that the officiating was bad. I think the officiating was generally pretty consistent is what I'll say. They missed some foul calls one way. They missed foul calls the other way. I didn't really have a problem with the Grizzlies having that many more free throws, but I think it opens up 
the possibility of the Wolves getting more free throws next game by being more aggressive and trying to draw those calls if those calls are being called. Um, but I am interested to see who the officials are for game two and just how they decide to call the game, because there was a lot of plays that you thought, Oh, the wolves, that might've been a foul too. I mean, the Grizzlies could easily shot 50 (laughs) free throws. So it'll be interesting to see what that, that looks like on Tuesday. Um, we talked about the Timberwolves. Um, we talked about Anthony Edwards, how he had a fantastic game. We talked about cats. Good game. Let's talk about D'Angelo Russell, who didn't necessarily have a very good game. He only made uh, two of his 11 shots, um, but he did have nine assists and he was a still be positive. He ended the game. They were a plus 12 and he was on the court. Um, I guess that's a positive maybe that they won a game with him not hitting, you know, that many of his shots, because as great as Anthony Edwards played, he still only shot 12 for 23. So it's not like he hit 75% of his shots and cat was 11 for 18. So it's not like he hit an absurd, absurd amount of his shots. Those two games from ant and cat seem replicable. Like they can do that again. And Delo, you would think he probably isn't going to play that bad again. So if you can get similar performances from ant and cat, and you can add on a solid D'Angelo Russell performance, that's probably a good sign for the Timberwolves going forward. Yeah, I, I would think if it, he, he will get going. Um, he has been successful versus this team in the past, you know, his past four games. Um, there might have been a little, a little bit more of attention paid to him. Um, maybe that's why Ant got, got off so, so well. Um, and then, you know, Beasley came off the bench, um, you know, gave a good 21, 21, was I think 21 points for him. 23 um, points for him. 23 yeah. points for him. Yep. Uh, you know, but Beasley had 13. Um, I mean, not Beasley. Uh, McDaniel. McDaniel's, McDaniels had, had 15. Beasley yes. had 23. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, we and talked maybe, about And maybe bench. that's where it comes. Maybe yes. they don't get that production from those exactly. two. Yeah. But the thing yeah. was with Beasley, Beasley made four of his 10 threes. But it, he missed like two or three wide, <laughs> wide open, wide open, wide like he, open ones. Like typically daggers. doesn't miss them. Yeah. So yeah, they were, they were daggers. So he could yes. have easily had more. Jaden McDaniels played well. He only missed one shot. Um, I think what he did is he, there's one play in particular where cat was on the left wing and they just sent the double. And as soon as they sent the double, Jaden McDaniels just yeah. came up to the elbow Cut. or the free throw line. Perfect pass right there shot it and it made it. And that was the type of thing where you're like, okay, maybe this, maybe he understands what needs to happen when this double comes. Maybe I don't just stay where I'm at. Maybe I have to flash to the open space. So cat has someone to pass to. I thought that was, I mean, it's just one play, but I thought that was a really encouraging thing. And it seems like he just doesn't miss in the mid range. Like (laughs) he's been really solid. I kind of noticed that throughout the year. And I don't know if if it actually is that good, if we looked at like his percent, his shooting percentage there, but just feels like he makes a lot of those jump shots in the mid range, which is good for the wolves because they need him to be a factor offensively. Yeah. And he was definitely a factor offensively that game. Um, He was a a factor defensively using his length. Um, You know, the bench, we talked about the bench play uh, going into this game and the wolves bench, you know, especially those two, um, they, they came in ready to play. Um, and, and played a played a very strong game. Yeah, and then there's a couple other guys. I mean, 
I think Torian Prince could have played better than he did. I don't think he played bad, but I think he could right. have even, there's still more for him to do. Um, same with Jordan McLaughlin. I thought he could have played better. Jared Vanderbilt definitely could have played better. I think he played defensively. I think he did well, but offensively he couldn't get anything going. And it really kind of stalled the Wolves offense. I thought at times, which is weird to say when he, I mean, he played 18 minutes and the Timberwolves scored 130 points. So he couldn't have stalled it that bad, but I think he did. There was times where it was really not that beneficial to have him on the court. So I'll be interested to see how Chris Finch kind of, manages that and tries to get him to be more effective or if they're just really going to lean into more Jaden McDaniels and Torian Prince minutes and less Jared Vanderbilt minutes. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see because as the playoffs go, you know, you talked about cat playing uh, 43 minutes, you know, your, your starters, your stars tend to play longer stretches. You know, you have days off between games, so there's a chance for them to recover. Um, and, you know, and it's, you know, this is all about winning now. It's, you know, it's, we can't really, you know, guys struggling. He's not one of our main guys. So we got to get him out the game. Right. Um, you know, we got to make sure that we, we keep our, our rotation tight and guys have to be ready to, to come in and uh, play, be ready to go when they, when they're called on. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, we know playoff rotations, they shrink and you kind of figure it out. A lot of guys played in this game, but Nazarene only played five minutes. Um, Jordan McLaughlin only played nine minutes. I think what we're going to see a lot of is they might go with Vanderbilt, try to get some energy right away, try to get some fast breaks, get some steals. And then as the game progresses in the second half, it's going to be more McDaniels. It's going to be maybe Torian Prince closing at the four or maybe McDaniels closing at the four and just trying to get a group of guys who can all knock down shots, all know where they have to be on defense. And then if you have to get like a really strong defensive possession, maybe you go, you do put Jared in there. And then if you maybe go offense, defense a little bit, depending on the situation. Um, I wonder, well, I was surprised, I guess, because we talked about this before, how I was saying I would put Steven Adams on cap, but then have Jaron Jackson Jr. really lurking. And Taylor Jenkins didn't really go to a doubling cap philosophy like the Clippers did until later in the game. I wonder if we'll see him try to do that more in game two or if they try to match up somebody else on cat to go one-on-one i just i'm interested to see how cat is guarded in game two after having a good game in game one and i just i don't understand why taylor jenkins thought stephen adams could guard cat one-on-one i just i we've seen i mean there's four games in the regular i think three games in the regular season because adams missed one and then on tuesday the clippers had so much success doubling cat and Taylor Jenkins decided we're going to stick one on him. And I just, I don't understand that after seeing how much success other teams have had and how much cat has dominated against Steven Adams this year. I don't, I don't get the thought process. Um, I like the thought process as a Wolves fan, <laughs> but I'm interested to see what adjustments for guarding cat Jenkins makes going into next game. Yeah. I think that you may be upset on the neck tomorrow. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be Tuesday different. when they play, when, you know, when the ball's in the air and they're sending someone at cat right away, because what I, what I've, what I've seen to notice is that, you know, when cat gets rolling in the first quarter, um, he's having, he's having really good games. Um, yep. You know, I know since we've been doing this and the games that I've, I've watched, you know, his, his big, his big scoring games, that first quarter is really big for him. 
Um, yeah. You know, he, he really does a lot in the first quarter. So you got to try to, you know, limit his touches, um, you know, make him move the ball, make somebody else do it early on. Um, you know, we'll see what, what uh, Taylor Jenkins does. Um, you know, I'm sure, though, something's something's coming. Yeah, I think and something's I, coming for Ant, too. <laughs> I think I think that I mean, in the game, we did see the double start to come later for Cat. And right away, it caused Cat to make a couple turnovers. Yes. They're pretty dumb, just like the scoop pass that he loves pass, to the do. One hand, yeah, that one hand, yes. But I think after, I mean, after right away, he did a couple like right away once the double started coming. And then I think after he made some bad passes, I think he calmed down. And I think he actually played pretty well out of those double teams, actually. I think he handled them fairly well. Um, the one thing was the doubles didn't come a ton with like Jaron Jackson Jr. They came more right. with like Kyle Anderson and maybe Brandon Clark or DeAnthony Melton or someone else. So I'm interested to see if Jackson's not in foul trouble, if it'll be more him coming where it's a bigger body, longer wingspan, right. just overall better defender coming at him. How Cat handles that. I want to go to the other point you made about throwing something at Anthony Edwards. I just don't know how you can, and maybe this is, and maybe, I mean, Taylor Jenkins is a much smarter basketball mind than me. <laughs> I can't seem to find a way where you can throw something extra at Ant and throw something extra at Cat without somebody else being completely wide open. So I'm interested to see where Jenkins tries to strike that balance of loading up on Ant, doubling Cat. And I mean, I wonder what poison he's going to pick. Cause it feels like to me, you got to pick some sort of poison and maybe it's leaving McDaniels wide open in the corner. Or maybe it's leaving Torian Prince or Malik Beasley open somewhere. D'Angelo Russell. I don't know what it's going to be, but I feel like sending a lot of bodies at both of those two is going to open up something for someone else. And maybe that's his plan. I guess. What do you think? I mean, what would you do if you're trying to game plan against cat and Ant, and you had like a lineup of D'Lo, McDaniel's, and Patrick Beverly on the floor. What do you, what are you going to do? I'm there? going to, I'm going to risk, risk it all. I'm going to make those other guys beat me. Um, you know, those other, we know that Cat and Ant can beat you. We just saw it. Okay. Now we got to make the other guys make shots. And usually, you know, those guys, you know, role players, they'll make shots in the first, the first two, first three quarters on the road, that fourth quarter, you know, a tight game, you know, so you go at it a little bit, you take it away. And then late in the game, they come back with it again. And then these guys got to make shots at the end of the game of a tight game. Uh, see how they fare. Yeah. And I think the the tough thing is going to be, we didn't, we didn't see them this series yet, but we've seen, D'Angelo Russell beat teams all by himself before too. So right. if that happens where they really like anybody, but cat Nat, D'Lo's going to have to step up if they're going to win a game, because we've seen cat get frustrated so often with that double team. And we've seen Ant, you know, settle for jump shots in the regular season when they're overloading the paint. Now, if he's making tough shots, there might just be a point where there's nothing you can do to stop him. Like it, it, they might just be a point, but I don't think that's going to work every game. He might play well, but he's not going to dominate every game like he like he dominated the Clippers game and like he dominated that first game. So 
it'll be interesting. I'm sure Taylor Jenkins has something in mind. Um, I want to get a quick break in, get some sponsor talk in, then we'll come back. We'll talk more about this game. We'll talk about next game and then we'll wrap it up. So we'll be right back. Are you paying down your old credit card debt? A personal loan could be your solution. Loans usually come with fixed monthly payments, making them a simple way to pay off your credit cards. Plus, loans usually have lower interest rates than credit cards do. And Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free and it won't affect your credit score. It could save you money. You ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. All right, so we're just talking about Taylor Jenkins making adjustments on defense there. Um, talking about loading up on cat, loading up on ant. Um, I guess my question for you is at what point do you think that it's not worth loading up on ant anymore? Like how hot does ant have to be for Jenkins to be like, we're just going to throw one at him because that's the best we can do. Well, I mean, I think if he starts if he starts rolling in that first quarter again, and he's he's dropping you know threes from four feet behind the three point line, uh, he's coming off those pick and rolls, and they're rescreening. He's getting to his spots at the elbows. Eventually, you, you got to do something and, and push him further out and make him make plays to his to his teammates. And you and you said something you know that was that was right on point there. You know about uh, D'Angelo. You know he's he's taken over games before the Timberwolves, they they have a lot of players that can do, do things, you know? So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what player steps up. Um, But I just think that he has to, he has to pick, he has to pick his pick one or the other, this next game, cat or ant. I don't think you can do both of them on the second game. Um, But I think you gotta, you gotta figure a way to slow these guys down. Um, Because I think that was, I think that's the first time, 
I think they had said something about it was the first time that Memphis had been outscored like that in the first quarter uh, this season. Um, you know, I think Timberwolves had a 45-point lead at, on them at one point during the season, so they had to have a Yeah, they lead. did. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, they, they've had success with this team as well, you know. Now they won one in Memphis. Uh, you know, you're supposed to go, get on the road, still one, or they yeah. stole one. They got that chance to get a second one. Yeah, I think that's a big thing, too, is you think about – home court advantage just flipped right winning game one um obviously you got to take care of business at home to make it matter you know if they steal one that's right back in their favor um i thought it was a big thing i didn't say this on our podcast i was doing some other live thing with some other people and i said i said on it this was before the wolves played on um saturday i said i think if the wolves steal one in memphis there's a really good chance they could come out of their two game homestand being three and one. And I think that would be huge. Now I'm not saying it's a certain thing, but I think like the, the energy in the target center, knowing their team is coming home at worst one and one is going to be insane. You know, then fans, you know, you come down your O2, it's the crowd's still going to be good, but I think right. knowing at worst they're coming home to us one and one would be huge for the fans. I think the fans would be enormous. And I think play, I think ant just feeds off of that energy. I think ant can feed off of the energy of the wolves crowd, but I think he also feeds off the negative energy that he's experiencing in an away crowd in big moments. So I'm just excited to see if they can, I mean, even if they lose game two, I'm excited to see what the environment and I'll be there, but what's the environment like at game three. Um, so I think that, the Wolves are probably going to show up for their home fans. Yeah, you said something about, you know, Ant in different environments. He's just a ball player. Yeah. That dude just balls. He don't, he don't care. He don't care if it's in Memphis, Minnesota, the playground, you know, Nicollet Park. He don't, he don't, he don't care. He's he's just he's just out there to ball, man. That's just it. And the crazy thing, I think going into next year, I mean, I think the Timberwolves played like one game on national TV this year. I bet that number's <laughs> 10 plus oh, yes. next year after these, oh, yeah. after this playoff round, especially if Ant keeps playing well, even if they don't win the series, if Ant says electric the whole series, I mean, they're going to be like, they're going to be must watch TV next season, which will, I mean, I think that, you know, as much as maybe it shouldn't matter or whatever, I think that Ant knows that he's in the spotlight sometimes and that makes him play even better. So like, I mean, that'd be good for the Wolves to get more, not, not just because more people are watching, but because I think that makes the, the lights a little bit brighter for, for Ant to step up to. Yeah, I, I feel you. I feel they'll get um, some national um, exposure next year. And, and I think, and I feel, we, I mean, we watch it. They're, they're a good team. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're a good team. I mean, they're a legit, legit NBA basketball squad. Um, you know, they, they do a lot of good things, uh, you know, play with pace, they share the ball um, and they're exciting to watch, you know, so I, I, I'm definitely saying that they're going to be on national a few times next year. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about uh, what can each team do to, I mean, play even better. Cause it's crazy to think the Wolves scored 130 points. They could play even better. We talked about D'Angelo Russell, just, I mean, making more shots is one way he can play better. Um, I think not fouling as much is another way the wolves could improve. 
I think that Nas Reed's minutes, I mean, he only played five, but I think his minutes could be better. Um, and then I also think, you know, like we said, Torian Prince and Jared Vanderbilt could play better. So we've kind of talked about how the Wolves can play better. How do you think that the Grizzlies can improve their play with not even just like adjustment wise, but who do you expect to maybe play better or contribute more in game two? Well, I think Jackson will contribute more in game two. I thought he was he was kind of lost in the in the mix there, getting into foul trouble. He really couldn't fit, get himself going. Um, didn't, didn't really have an opportunity, uh, to, he was, you know, in and out off the bench. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, their bench played okay, but, you know, let's see if their bench plays better, better than next game. You know, they are at home and, you know, they're, they're, they're three headed monster out there with those guards. I mean, you know, the, the Timberwolves just played, just played a better game. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I thought, you know, Memphis did a lot of good things. I, they probably didn't shoot the ball as well as they would have liked to. Um, but you know, they got to the foul line. They had a lot of guys in foul trouble, so they got it. They got to stop fouling as well. Um, you know, the, the turnover numbers were pretty, were pretty even, weren't they? Uh, for the game, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think uh, the Timberwolves they, had like 11. And it was they the Wolves have, had 18, and okay, the Grizzlies eight. had 12. So the Wolves actually turned oh, over. so it was the other way. So the, Wolves the second quarter was really bad. The Wolves the had 11 quarter, in like, the second quarter, but other than that, I mean, they they only had seven in the other three quarters. But yeah, so the Wolves actually turned the ball over six more times, which is another thing that, you know, the Wolves have struggled if they turn the ball over more than they turned the other team over. They've really struggled right. this season. So that was another thing that's, you know, they could clean up some turnovers and they, they could probably cause more so. turnovers as well. I think, and I really think, um, I know we, I said it the last time, <laughs> maybe Memphis has to slow the pace down. <laughs> maybe Memphis needs to slow the pace down a little bit, um, you know. Uh, they like to run. They, they run a lot of actions. They run a lot of action going on into that ball screen. And, you know, maybe you just got to pick and choose. You got to get them to slow down. Uh, but again, we will see because it was a very good game. It was an exciting game, um, you know, tight throughout. Um, and both teams are going to have to make adjustments. And I can't wait to see what they are. Yeah. The thing you said about knocking down more shots. I don't know if I how much I trust Memphis to, like, hit a lot of open i mean a lot of threes because i mean really they're only fantastic or they're really they're only good to great shooters are desmond bain and melton and then you right. have like okay like dylan brooks is okay jaron jackson's an okay shooter a john morant's not much of a shooter um but it they really like, is they they love to get to the basket yeah and that's everybody where the wolves, gets to the basket i wonder if we'll see more brandon clark in this next game mm-hmm. and less Steven Adams because the wolves have trouble with the leaping ability of Brandon Clark and the ability to just, I mean, throw lobs up to him for him to right. get behind the defense. So I'm interested to see if Taylor Jenkins um, tries that at all and hopes that works for, for them. But yeah, I just, there's going to be adjustments made and I could think of what some of them are going to be, but really, I mean, I think we're going to be surprised with some of the things you mentioned a little bit, ago about the bench of Memphis and Memphis's bench has been fantastic all season. It's one of the reasons that their team is so good and their record's so good. But when it comes to the playoffs, benches are less prevalent. Now depth is still important, but I think part of it is you're used to like that bench plays with each other a ton and they have this camaraderie and they just know where each other's going to be. When you start mixing in the bench with the starters 
maybe there's a little bit not saying like, I mean, they're obviously NBA players. They know basketball. They they'll be able to figure it out. But I think we've seen more of the wolves blending bench and starters as the season has gone on. Delos played a lot with the bench and I don't think Memphis did that as much. I think they trusted their bench unit to go out and just like do what they do. So I think that's part of it too, is the bench maybe didn't find a rhythm because a couple starters are mixed in there and they, they're not used to that. Right. And I mean, maybe that's a detriment to Memphis too. Like maybe the fact that their bench is so used to playing with each other and so used to only playing with each other that it might affect them. Plus their, their bench is used to playing against other benches. Now, when you're playing the, when cats playing 43 minutes and ants playing 40 minutes, I mean, your bench is playing against starters a lot more. They're not going to look as good against a bunch of starters as they are going to look against another bench. And the wolves didn't really dive into their bench a ton in this game as maybe they did in the regular season. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's a great point. I mean, if, if Memphis bench is used to playing together and now you are mixing matching guys in there, you know, they're not used to tendencies all the time. Yeah. They may play with that guy once in a while in practice, but if, if he's keeping those guys um, together primarily, that, that is going to cause, that is going to cause a problem um, during the game. So it's really interesting to see how much the bench <laughs> shrinks up uh, both ways um, because I mean, really, this is, you know, you have your series trying to win a championship and, uh, you know, you can't you can't give everybody an opportunity to try to do something. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. They so Memphis's bench played the fifth most minutes per game this past season, which means the starters, you know, aren't playing as many minutes. I mean, that kind of leans into what I was just saying. So I don't know how that will turn out. I mean, Tyus Jones only played 15 minutes. He usually plays 21, 22 minutes per game. Um, and he's been really impactful. So, I mean, they can play him next to John Moore, but I mean, if you have Tyus Jones and John Morant next to each other, trying to guard D'Angelo Russell and, and Ant for long stretches, I mean, Trouble. good luck, right? I mean, that's one, Trouble. they don't have the size for, and two, neither of them are that type of defender. Tyus Jones right. is, Tyus Jones is kind of like a pesky defender, but he's not big. He's not quick. He's not going to stay in front of, I mean, he's not going to stay in front of Ant, and then D'Lo's length is going to cause problems for him. So I'm just interested to see if that bench, those minutes really go down for Taylor Jenkins and who on the bench, because they just have a bunch of guys who are like, they don't have like a standout bench guy. I wonder which bench guys minutes get knocked down the most. It's going to be interesting to see because each game and each series is going to take its own its own flavor. Um, and, you know, we have game one. We have that. See what happened. Now we got a game two. So it's going to be really interesting to see what both both teams do, what both coaches are thinking, how guys come to play tomorrow night. Yeah. The, we were talking about just how does Memphis improve and things like that. I think another way Memphis improves is Ja hits more shots. I know he went to the free throw line. He made 16 out of his 20, but he was also eight for 18 from the field. And I think he started five for five and then he went three for 13. So I think him hitting more shots throughout the entire game is also just going to make them overall play better too. Um, And then, yeah, you said Jaron Jackson Jr. staying out of foul trouble. He blocked seven shots. Yeah, I know, right? And and then <laughs> like... he fouled five times. It's just, I mean, 
but we saw that problem with cat, like cat gets in foul trouble a lot too. Jaron Jackson gets in foul trouble a lot. I wonder, I wonder how much that's going to play a factor. I mean, how many games is Jaron Jackson jr. In the series going to get into foul trouble three, four, how many times is cat going to get into foul trouble three, four, those guys are like top five, top 10 in the league and fouls committed. So like, (laughs) I mean, the chances are both of them are going to have, I mean, more games, a series where they're in foul trouble. Cat didn't get in any foul trouble last game, game one, but like, it's probably going to come and how, and I don't know if I trust Nas Reed behind him. I don't know if I trust Greg Monroe behind him. I just, that might be a big turning point is which big can stay out of foul foul trouble trouble. more often than the other one, which it's sad that like it can swing so much on that because that can also be very dependent on the refs to like decide that cat got it in game one. Hopefully it doesn't swing the pendulum the other way for game two. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier about it. It depends on how the officials call in the game tomorrow night versus how they were calling it on Saturday. I mean, you know, every official sees the game a little differently, um, you know, so, you know, it was, it, it, it's going to be interesting. It's really going to be interesting to see how the games play tomorrow, what adjustments are being made both ways and really how the officials are calling the game. Um, I think that's, and that's what it's going to come down to. And then, you know, hopefully D'Angelo gets himself going and Kat and, and Ant stay, stay at the same rate. And maybe we're walking out of there two up. Right. Yeah. I mean, that would be massive, massive. I got one more wolves question for you. And then I just want to talk general playoffs quick for a couple minutes before we hop off. But the last wolves question I have for you is, uh, well, we talked with shy last before game one shy, the host of the Grizzlies pod. Um, we kind of just gave like predictions. And I think you said Grizzlies in six. (laughs) And I think I said Grizzlies in six also. Mm-hmm. I just want to know, and I'm not saying it has to or whatever. I want to know if in your mind, has it shifted at all? Cause for me, I think I've shifted to be like, okay, I don't want to overreact to one game, but now I'm like, maybe it's Grizzlies. I'm thinking Grizzlies in seven. I kind of just shifted a little bit with the home court advantage shifting that I'm going out and winning game one. It kind of shifted my view a little bit. I'm not going to go so far to say the wolves are going to take this one, but did it, did it slide for you at all? Are you sticking with that, adjusting it at all? I th- I, is that, are we okay? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> you know, it was really funny. After I had said the Grizzlies in six, and then both of you had said, well, I can see maybe six, but the game going seven, I mean, but the series going seven games. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Seven games uh, seems like a, a good series to me. Um, I'm going to say... Grizzlies mm, in seven. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously when the Wolves win a game, it has to shift it. I didn't expect them to win game one. Right. You know, I expect it, but also, you know, Memphis had a week off. The Wolves just played mm-hmm. on Tuesday. They had some momentum built up. I'm excited to see what game two looks like. Right. Even exactly. if the Wolves don't win, if they come out and they lose by four, like that's, I mean, you're still feeling pretty good. You're like, we lost, but we're one, one, we're coming home. Like we talked about. If you get, if you lose by 15, 20, now you're not feeling right. so good coming back home. So even if they don't win game two, it's like, what's the game? What's the feel of the game? Like, is it a letdown game? Is it just like we were right there, make a couple adjustments. We'll get them next time. 
I'm just interested to see how the game turns out. Obviously, a win would be huge coming home. Then you just got to win two of the next five games. But I mean, a loss, it evens it back up. And if it's a detrimental last week, you get blown out, then you're not yeah. feeling so good anymore. Yeah, you're not feeling good, but you're all, but you know, it's really funny. And I, and I was just thinking about that because of the, the series in Philadelphia. You know, they blew out the, the Raptors the other day. And, right. you know, and Philly, Philly talk radio, it's all you hear about. It's over. The series is over and everything. It's one game. Yeah. It's one game, whether you get blown out or not. It's a series, seven games. Yeah, they all take, count the same. Every game takes a different, a different uh, face. So, you know, I'm hoping that the Wolves go in there, um, impose their will again and come out with a W. Um, you know, to lose by four or five, yeah, you feel you're, you're, you're mad about it. But to lose it all, you're mad about it. So I'd rather, you know, I want it to be a good game. I want them to win. Um, hopefully they do win. But either way, if they come out 2-0 or 1-1, it was a good, it was a good trip. For sure. I think we can move on from Wolves talk. Um, I want to talk general NBA. Is there any other playoff games you watched? You mentioned the the Philly one. Any games you watched Saturday or Sunday that you took something big away from, or any games you're excited to watch tonight, <laughs> or any? Yeah, well, I mean, I, any series you're kind of just keeping a close eye on. Well, you know, it's it's so much basketball going on, and I'm and I'm in the middle of coaching AAU right now. And we're going right. to go on on the road for a week, so you know, being able to catch that Boston Nets game yesterday. That's I mean, the one I hope I, did you, what, you watch that one? What a game. I mean, I was able to watch. I wasn't, I was busy working on, on school stuff, but I was able to tune in to the last half of the fourth quarter. I was kind of keeping tabs <laughs> on the game. Yeah, and it was so like, was and then I was able to tune in to, I mean, half or maybe eight minutes of the fourth quarter. And it was just Kyrie Irving was just hitting everything, taking over. And I mean, that finish was crazy finish. That was a great game. That, I think that's going to be a great series. That's the other seven seed, two seed series yes. out East. I mean, they, those might be the two best series in each conference, um, judging by how game one, one win, went for yes. both of them. That Boston, I mean, Boston's the real deal, but you got to stop Kevin Durant four times and Kyrie four <sighs> times to win the series. And they yes. have the, I mean, they have strong defensive personnel. Obviously, losing Robert Williams was big for them. Yes. But they were, I saw some clips and stuff. They were throwing bodies at Kevin Durant all game. Oh, oh yeah. They were all game long. What did you watch the whole game? Because I, like I said, I didn't watch. The I whole saw, game. I saw, I probably saw the last part of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter. Um, and again, I was watching at it, you know, doing yeah. some other things. Um, and, I, and I looked up at one point, uh, Nets had, an, I mean, um, Boston had an 11-point lead. I look up again, it's down to three. I look up again, the Nets take the lead, and I'm, now I'm focused on the game. Um, because I always say NBA games come down to the last four minutes. You know, yep. no matter how you look at it, what the score is, the last four minutes of the game is when everything seems to happen. And, the, I mean, the last four minutes of that game, the last – 13 seconds, 14 seconds was just amazing. Um, what a series, uh, you know, and the playoffs in, in themselves, they've, they've been, they've been good games. You've had a few blowouts, um, yeah. but all in all, they, they, they've been very, very good, very solid right now. And I, the craziest thing about the Boston game was, well, one, I thought, well, I think it was Kevin Durant hit the shot with like 14 seconds left. Was it? 
something I'm trying to think. I can't even remember, but anyways, yes, coming, yes, yes. Baseline, baseline, baseline turnaround jump shot. Yes. Yeah. He yes. kind of just Bounced like stood up, there. Yeah. He's like, what am I going to do? And then he just shot yes, it over them yeah, and bounced yeah. in. Okay. Yeah. I love the idea with that. Odoku did not call a timeout there. And I was listening to his press conference afterwards. He said he didn't call a timeout because Jalen had Goran Dragic on him. Oh. Perfect. I, the, for me, him recognizing, I mean, any good coach should be able to recognize that in the moment and realize, you know, this is the matchup we like, or we like this matchup, go for it. Jalen drove, didn't get anything, kicked it over to Marcus Smart, pump faked. And then right in that moment, I thought he was shooting the ball. Oh, so I really I. thought he was shooting the ball. And he restrained himself. Jason Tatum cut, ball right there. Kevin Durant just stood there. He didn't there. play yes. defense. I mean, I think he should he catch caught, some more. He got caught. Yeah, because he, he didn't do anything. Watching. He didn't do anything. And, the, I mean, he easily could have made that pass not available or at least made that pass tougher. And then Jason Tatum, the body control to catch the ball on the move. Spin it. Spin without taking a dribble and without traveling and get the ball off Finish. in like a second, which is fantastic. So that's the only game I really watched. Yeah, um, was... much of just cause I've been so busy, but that finish was just, I mean, that's what the playoffs are all about. That was the most game seven feeling game one I've ever seen in my <laughs> right. life. That was right. fantastic. Right. Beautiful. What, uh, any last thoughts, NBA playoffs? Um, no, I just, uh, the playoffs have been awesome. Um, they've been very competitive. We're uh, one game in. Part. Um, we have one game game in and every game has been good. You know, every game has been good. So I can't wait for, you know, tonight there's another round of games going on. Wolves play tomorrow. Hopefully we come out with that W and, uh, things are looking good. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think that's all we're going to talk about today. Um, we'll be back sometime soon and I'm just excited. I'm excited to be to game three and four. So I'm hoping the energy can be up. I thank you. Um, it was cheap. It was like 30 bucks to get like upper level tickets. I'm not going to pass that up. Like maybe maybe I'll see, maybe I'll see if we can do something for you. (laughs) But anyways, um, that's, I mean, that's all we're going to talk about today. Like I said, we'll be back soon. Um, this has been the believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by bet online. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke sitting here with Doug West. Uh, I don't know when exactly we'll be back, but it will be soon and hopefully we can talk about another w or two when another wolves w all right well thanks everybody for listening and we'll be back peace out peace For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.